Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light Shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Spectres, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, and I'm here with Sam, my good buddy, N7, the legend. What's up, Sam? How's it going? It's going well. Obviously, I'm in a different place. I'm no longer on the Citadel. I'm in Omega. Uh, no, I, I'm visiting my my girlfriend. So I am. I'm Who's at on her Omega. Place. She's she's on Omega. On Omega. She lives on Omega. Hence the orange lighting behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you can probably see, if I move a little bit, and, if, and this is the benefit that you get if you're watching the YouTube video as opposed to listening on Spotify or whatnot, you can see behind me. Uh, a piece of artwork that I had commissioned for her through an artist who actually uh, listens to our show day they laid. And it is her shepherd and in, in, in a loving embrace pose with Thane. And yeah, it's X-rated. Uh, we can't show it right now, but it is. I'm- yeah. There's a green penis. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's totally not. It's very, it's very touching and very nice and not um, inappropriate and it, in any the, way. At the very top, you can't see it, but at the very top, it says, I will await you across the sea. So Dave Aley did a fantastic job with that. And then Pipe Man actually had it printed and uh, backlit. So it's wow. backlit as well. It looks very cool. Yeah, that's but very yes, cool. Yes, I'm, I'm in a different place. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in my spaceship. That's I've never talked about where I am. You're on the Citadel. Now you're in Omega, and I'm on a spaceship. So my spaceship. This is my spaceship. Undisclosed location. The spaceship robots out there somewhere in the galaxy. Well, well, that was a that was a very interesting intro. I don't think we've done an intro like this before. But we need to tell people what we're talking about. We are talking about drugs. Yes. Is that what we're talking about? Medicine. No, we're so we're gonna start dissecting the topic of medicine. Mm -hmm. We've gone into the Normandy weaponry, biotics, and you know, alternated those episodes with some related characters in between, but I felt like we've dedicated enough time to the flashy, destructive stuff. Probably time to focus on the more scientific, restorative topics of the series. So that's where we find ourselves today, beginning a conversation about the practice of medicine in the Mass Effect universe. Medicine. So not just drugs. Exactly. Medicine. Not not red sand. I think we'll have to we'll have to <laughs> save the red sand for another day. <laughs> yes. So these are these are good drugs or other things that help restore people's health medicine exactly that's my summary that's my summary (laughs) all right so the first thing that comes to mind is metagel right that's probably where we should start this seems like the yes i'll go to hey i've i've injured you know boom metagel so give me the stim pack give me the stim pack yeah Where, where do we how what's the lore behind that So this might surprise some people, given how widely used it is in the Mass Effect universe. But did you know that Metagel was actually a human invention? The humans came up with that. I did not. So it's specifically it's developed by the Sura Corporation, uh, which also makes biotic amps, Omni tools and and that hideous Phoenix armor uh, from Mass Effect one. You remember the pink and white one that Ashley wears in the very beginning you meet her. Anyway, it looks terrible, but (laughs) they Serta has refused to make any kind of weapon or tool that would be meant specifically to hurt other people. Uh, which is interesting because it sounds like they have a code of ethics similar to the Hippocratic Oath if they're making that stuff and they're making Metagel, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, like it's it run by doctors, like, right? Right. They're yeah. run by medical professionals, doctors, researchers, scientists. That's mm-hmm. the kind of corporation it seems to be. It's it's nothing like Binary Helix. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. get this. We don't actually know when it was invented. It's just not covered in the lore. I'm sure someone somewhere knows. Yeah, it's just not brought up anywhere. Nobody says it in dialogue. It doesn't show up in any of the terminal. Like, there's nothing. Not that I could find. Uh, I don't think that we actually know when it was invented. I wouldn't be surprised if it was invented shortly before or shortly after the first contact war. Um, But we do know that the Serta Corporation built its name off of bioengineering Mm -hmm. and eliminating genetic diseases in humanity, which is another element of this medicine and mass effect that we'll kind of talk about later. But Metagel itself should be banned in council space and that is because it violates established laws on genetic modifications oh okay yeah so it's it, it's honestly it's it's illegal it it, huh. it violates the law and that is because metagel is a bioplasm that uses biological microscopic robots uh, or the lore calls them nanites, which I found peculiar that they call them nanites and not nanites, but that's what the lore calls them. Um, and it uses them to repair flesh. So little nanobots so, that like crawl around in your body and they go, oh, these cells are busted. Let's fix them. 
let's stitch them back yeah, together at a cellular right level. and it just like accelerates healing uh in this kind of vague but just specific enough way for us to not question the uh you know the physiological aspects behind it so it is illegal by council standards but clearly it's too beneficial for them to really give a damn man that's crazy uh i do want to point out genesis in chat says uh wasn't sort of the mattress company yes uh in today's times they're a mattress company they evolved to go from helping people sleep better to helping people heal better that was their mantra um yeah so okay so we know in the games it gives us back health points right like from a gameplay standpoint but according to the lore how does it actually heal us like i get this picture of like little robots crawling around in your blood like stitching your cells back together it's kind of, uh, kind of like from that? what I understand, it's it, it's a, it's a combination of that, but it's also more chemical reactions. So it acts as three parts all in one. It's an, it's an anesthetic, it's a disinfectant, and it's a clotting agent. All of which hmm. those things can be accomplished with chemical and and uh, pharmaceutical things. You wouldn't need nanobots specifically for that. Right. So uh, it, anesthesia. But, so it 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 takes away the pain. It disinfects. So it stops you from getting like. Uh, you know, bacteria or something that's going to infect your wound and make it get worse, which is one of the things that is most dangerous about sustaining wounds, especially out on a battlefield, is if you can't, if you can patch the wound and keep in, keep the blood and clot it, that's the other thing, keep it from bleeding more, the infection rate in warfare is terrible. Like, if we're looking 20th century warfare and soldiers out on battlefields, like, like World War One, World War Two, major incidents like that. It's the infection that was what was actually killing people. It was giving them fevers and and they couldn't function. Um, so this yes. solves all of those pain, infection and clotting. And it makes sense why you would need this kind of thing if your weapons are now hurling metal at faster than light speeds yeah. <laughs> at, yeah. at the enemy because you're going to rip a hole the size of I don't even know what in someone and it's going to be an extremely traumatic injury if they don't have their shields so you would need something that's acting fast and that can clot the wound immediately right uh right. And, and just allow them to keep fighting or just survive right so not only does it act as this kind of super powered neosporin uh <laughs> with the disinfectant you know but it, but it instantly seals these injuries against infection and which you said you know it's incredibly important because I think there was some statistic that more soldiers in the civil war died of the actual infections and lead poisoning, mm-hmm. uh, because the bullets were actually lead back then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then they and, actually just died of instant trauma. Right. And, and the battlefield situation is not a clean situation. Like uh, you have thousands of soldiers who are all like using the same part of the woods to go to the bathroom because they don't have, I mean, it's true. Like dysentery yeah. was a major thing. More soldiers died of disease and infection than they ever did from actually, you know, being at the the sharp end of somebody else's pointy stick. And fun fact, this is this is a totally side tangent, but I was just talking about it with a friend of mine uh, the other day that this is part of the reason why George Washington and this might come as a surprise to a lot of people who own Don't Tread on Me flags. Um, oh, no. <laughs> George Washington mandated the smallpox vaccine for the soldiers in the Continental Army. It wasn't a matter of freedom to him. 
to George Washington, this was a matter of uh, national security. Right. If we and, lose too many soldiers winning. to this, we cannot fight our battle. So we need to make right. sure the so- soldiers do not die. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> or, much. And or, it was or, like a, or not put out of commission, at least. Well, and the, the ultimate reason they were fighting was for freedom. Right. 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 That was the ultimate reason reason they were fighting for freedom from the British. So if you're not going to win that fight, your freedom won't matter, will it? Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. So so it was a very, very, you know, a lot of people are against vaccine mandates. But, you know, there's a precedent going back a few hundred years to even before our country was founded. So uh, just that little side tangent in there. But that is relevant because of the importance of Medigel in in stopping infections from spreading before they can happen. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that it's a reactive substance. It's a proactive substance. Right. So, uh, okay. It is, it is incredibly, uh, I guess, versatile. It speeds up healing by clinging onto the flesh and holding on to the, to until the user or a doctor or whoever sends an ultrasound frequency at it. How cool is that? It actually clings on huh. to your skin uh-huh. and it doesn't let go until it's subjected to ultrasound frequencies. So that's like the, like the off switch. Yeah. Like, Isn't like that weird? A, cer- a certain frequency. Well, I mean, it's, they're little robots. So it's basically just sending a signal through ultrasound that they read as, okay, job done. Turn off. <laughs> yeah. It's like getting your cast removed. in the weirdest way possible if you have a broken bone but that being said it it can also be used to stop toxins uh from spreading and poisons Mm -hmm. if if the if the doctor or medical professional who's applying it is skilled enough interesting yeah so it makes sense with an antibiotic quality then maybe it has the ability to break down toxins and poisons as well not just bacteria and who knows, you know, with the, um, you know, we've talked about Omni tools being like a mobile fabricator for so many different types of materials that maybe if you're a skilled medic, you can kind of alter the meta gel in the way that you need to, uh, if you have X, Y, Z components with you and an Omni tool fabricator, and you could alter the meta gel and be like, Oh, I'm just formulating this recipe real quick. And right. guess what? I have an anti antidote right now. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. It's space magic, but cool space, space magic. So, okay. So it seems like it's everywhere in the game. Medigel, you come across it, you use it all the time, right? Medigel, uh, tell me more about that. (laughs) Yeah, so it can be carried anywhere. That's part of the reason why we find it everywhere. Uh And it can be applied in any number of ways. You know, it can be applied manually, just rubbing it on your skin. It can be applied through a tube, like toothpaste. It can come with an Omni tool, like we just said, through an onboard hard suit computer, or you can even inject it intravenously for like maximum impact if you really need the rush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, rubbing on my skin just doesn't get me there anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just, <laughs> I ingest it now. It's my <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> you got any Medigel mm. for breakfast? I like it. Man, on that sounds like it would taste awful. Um, yeah, I put ketchup and Medigel in my eggs. <laughs> Does anyone have any cherry flavored Metagel? <laughs> like I the little the, kids. <laughs> I, I hate the pineapple stuff. Um, so, and and I found this interesting. Apparently, according to lore, it can even be administered to an entire infantry squad remotely. So, if a commander is sitting in a remote 
mobile headquarters mm-hmm. and watching this battle play out, looking at uh, looking at biometric scans and whatnot, and just goes, oh crap, they're getting decimated. You know, we need to administer the metagel right now. And then boom, all of their hard suits administer the metagel. That makes That's sense. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Because like, they have access to their suits. So yeah, yeah. from, from a distance. And cool. That, that is cool. I mean, it brings up the interesting conundrum of like, well, why would they need to do that if the hard suits already have a VI in them that can detect when the health is getting low? And maybe, you know, what if there was an EMP that went off and for some reason disabled the VI or whatever? I don't know. It adds a layer of redundancy, I suppose. Um, and yeah. it can, in fact, repair synthetic materials, which I found interesting. Hmm. So it's not just about biological. And this might be where the nanobots really come in. We know this not just because Shepard can use it to heal Legion and Edie in combat and gameplay, which, I mean, of course, they're your squad mates. You need to be right. able to heal them. Right. It so would be weird. Like, you, you would never this. take them into battle if you're like, well, I just don't have a way to heal them. They always go down. Right. Yeah. Or I get to I get to carry this other thing called like a repair kit for them. And it's so fucking annoying. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it would be very cumbersome. So, of course, it can heal them. But in the lore, there's also an Alliance News Network broadcast during Mass Effect 3 that quotes a Lieutenant Gerard, and he says that Metagel can heal allies, including the Geth. Mm. So, mm. pretty interesting uh, that they that they fleshed out this lore explanation of things that I think most players wouldn't think of, and then when they did think of, other players would be like, guys, come on, it's just a game. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Man, that's yeah. really cool. Well, we've got more stuff to talk about with Metagel, but first we got to thank our patrons. So let's go do that. We'll be right back. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, a anniversary diamond orb gear a bunch of other items it is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code maxpool m-a-x-p-o-o-l maxpool don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to marvel strike force for sponsoring this episode swimsuit check sunscreen check phone charger check Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons, including our newest patrons, Woman1922. I don't know if that's your birthday, woman, but if it is, wow, 100-year-old patron. Awesome. Welcome to the Patreon. And also... Evil Ducky. Man, these names are so good. Uh, also, Austin and Shelby, who re-signed back up, and Wesbatron, who also re-signed back up. Welcome back, and welcome welcome to the Patreon. Welcome back, everybody. And if you are interested in checking out the Patreon, getting t-shirts, and joining us on future episodes, or ad-free episodes, or all sorts of stuff, go to patreon.com slash Lorecast. That's where you can check all that stuff out. And if you decide to help fund us being able to do this, we would very much appreciate it. And we also have to shout out our shepherds. We have Kolkashins, Kirasi, Lieutenant Ticino, Shep Valkyrian, uh, this Specter J, that Specter J, I messed that up, that Specter J, and William. Thank you to all of you guys and all 65 of our current patrons. You guys are amazing. We couldn't do this without you. Also, it's very beneficial when you leave ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts because that's a place where you can put your words. I wish you could leave your words on Spotify, but you can leave us a rating there too if you want. But we get to read out the words of people who leave five-star ratings, including this one from Alex Snee, Alex Snee, who I think is in chat with us right now. Welcome. Um, who uh, is from Australia, who wrote, great to listen to whilst calibrating. <laughs> While calibrating. That's a that's a recent joke. Um, this podcast is amazing. I stumbled upon this when searching Mass Effect into Spotify. I just wanted the soundtrack, but this came up and thank the spirits and goddess it did. This has helped me get through all my work days. The only bad thing is that I'm now caught up and have to wait a week between episodes. Both Tom and Sam are fantastic hosts, each offering their own insight into the lore, characters, and news of Mass Effect. You can tell that they love the series and equally love the community. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are are absolutely the best. Playing Mass Effect after listening to this podcast has helped the roleplay aspect, and I definitely have a deeper insight. I adore Mass Effect, and having this podcast lets me take it to work and appreciate it all the more. This is a must if the codex is intimidating to read through. I also suggest joining in on their Discord. Not only do they have their Mass Effect-focused channel, but also a wealth more of people to go through. Uh, with more for people, not of people. That would be a different thing. Uh, the Discord community has been welcoming, and I'm very glad people like my Garrus tattoo. Can't wait for more episodes and the eventual release of Mass Effect 4. Shikarian for life. Did I pronounce that correctly? I think so. Um, thank you so much. And yeah, you brought up the Discord. Absolutely. The Discord is awesome. And people share pictures and all sorts of things on there, and it's super cool. So, uh, Elixni. Elixni? There you go. That's the way to pronounce it. Well, thank you so much for leaving that rating and review. And if you'd like to help us out with that as well, that would be wonderful. Plus, just sharing with your friends and, and all that kind of stuff. All right. Let's move on with the rest of the show. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir.
Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. Oh, one thing that we do need to mention that I forgot to bring up in the middle of the show is that the YouTube has exploded. You guys helped us reach a thousand subs like a few weeks ago, like this last month. And that was awesome of you. Thank you for tuning into that. And now we're almost double that in just a yeah, few weeks. Yeah, we're almost at 2,000. We're at, I think, uh, as of recording this, we are at 1,960. Wow. Yeah, it just keeps growing, and you guys are amazing. So if you want to see our faces, you want to watch this, but, you know, and sometimes we'll edit in some stuff depending on the topic we're talking about. So when we're talking about things like mods or big updates that have been dropped, we'll edit in some visuals so that you, it kind of juices up the podcast a little bit. So you can you can check us out on there as well. Just search Mass Effect Lorecast on YouTube. It'll come right up. But Sam, we got to get back to Metagel. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Broken Bones, but it seems like um, Metagel is primarily meant for traumatic injuries, not just like run of the mill stuff like the cold. Like, would you take it for a cold? Yeah, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but Metagel can't even help me. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah uh that's about right the, the the lore tells us that it can treat various ailments uh when but when you look into it it appears that the metagel is really only meant to stabilize patients that may need more specific surgeries or treatments later uh so it's so, not a cure-all no not really i mean when it comes it seems like narratively it has been used as a cure-all at times mm-hmm. and then at times not when it when it doesn't need to be it's it's um, like it's convenient when it's one of those narrative devices that's really convenient at times but they don't want it to be too convenient so and, and this is something you come across with video games this idea that like you your character or the other characters can sustain all sorts of terrible stuff and get through it and then all of a sudden you need a cutscene where someone's like no i'm not gonna make it i've been wounded too much and it's like well yeah what's the difference i just got shot like a hundred times exactly yeah there's certain levels of convenience that are needed for gameplay to progress smoothly Mm -hmm. uh that are not exactly friendly to narratives and metagel is right in the crux of this so if the injury is bad enough and a large enough dosage of metagel is applied to someone the patient can go into a comatose like state which maybe that could be on purpose because it could slow, it could ser- serve to slow the damaging effects of whatever injury that person has just gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that is actually medically induced comas are a real thing in real life too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that would make sense why perhaps maybe that is an intended side effect of heavy metagel usage, heavy metagel. <laughs> Heavy metal gel. That's a new metal band coming. Metal gel. Metal gel. <laughs> heavy metal gel. That's my heavy, new. That's my heavy new Heavy metal band. gel. I'm starting that Newest band. band. Metal Newest gel. Newest band to 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 join the Milky Way lineup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so its preference is to stabilize. You know not not cure uh, but to treat traumatic injury and prevent the infection hence why it's most commonly used by the field medics the emts etc and it can't fix everything the two examples that come to mind for me are of course thane with keppel syndrome he has this debilitating uh you know condition where it is affecting his breathing uh and it's um degenerative so he's kind of just condemned to this hellish existence until he dies. 
and Metagel can't do much for that. You know, it can, it can ease the pain. Uh, it could probably put him into a comatose like state if mm-hmm. he took enough of it, but it's not going to cure Kepril syndrome. Uh, and there's another example that comes to mind the Corian soldier who Shepard runs into while trying to save Admiral Chorus on Rannick. This is someone who has been just lit up with geth uh, fire. I, I was going to say bullets, but they don't use bullets like that. Um, but geth, geth fire and uh, is just lost a lot of blood. And Shepard spares some some Metagel for this for this Corian soldier, but it's just not enough to save him. And he does bleed out. He right. dies. So if you're too far gone, it doesn't look like Metagel can help you. Yeah, I guess it doesn't help Joker either. Yes, with Vrolic syndrome, yeah, obviously it wouldn't like it can yeah. mend bones, but yet it still isn't enough to to really solve his problems. You know, I, with Vrolic syndrome, I was wondering with Joker, and this is something that we're going to have to explore in a later episode because I have to educate myself a little bit more on how gene therapy works and cybernetics work within the Mass Effect universe. But I was curious as to why Joker hasn't undergone a very extensive cybernetic surgery for like the adamantium yeah. skeleton. That so he can become Shepard- freaking Wolverine? <laughs> well, Shepard can get an anti- adamantium skeleton, yeah. I think. Yeah. That- uh, or reinforced bones or whatever. Uh-huh. Um in mass effect two uh and it, and it, i think it increases melee damage it's funny that um, it's called adamantium yeah that is a very I, I marvel that's exactly what they call it is that in what mass it's called because i don't remember that's what it was called but it, usually it might I just, just trust be called you. reinforced bones okay usually um, usually i just trust you to, to but adamantium is a very marvel thing like a uh, vibranium like those are both very yeah. marvel right um yeah yeah but, you know, sometimes sometimes some series will use words from other series like Mithril comes up in Elder Scrolls, even though it's a very Lord of the Rings thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. Adamantium's <laughs> also in Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like these series just pull these words from other series and they're like, yeah, yeah people know what this is. Unobtainium. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. So, yeah, it's you know, I know that that Shepard can upgrade their bones like that. I forgot what the, what exactly it's called right now. Um, but I'm wondering why, you know, Joker wouldn't have undergone a surgery like that. Of course, it'd be incredibly taxing. And who knows if that would even solve the problem? You know what I mean? Uh, because that could very well be like. I'm not totally familiar with the medicine surrounding frolic syndrome or Joker's problem, but maybe that's, maybe that originates in the endocrine system where replacing the skeleton really might not help. I'm not sure. Um, but you know, there's also, uh, evidence in the mass effect universe that Metagel cannot stop ongoing necrosis. Hmm. We know this because of a conversation that's held at Huerta Memorial Hospital in Mass Effect 3. There's a guy talking to an Asari doctor who is basically lobbying the doctor to try to not have his leg amputated. Uh, But he has like his leg is gangrenous and it needs to come off. And there's just nothing they can do. They're like, we got to chop this leg off, dude, or else you're going to like die. The infection is going to keep spreading. Yeah. Um, so obviously we know Metagel can't help that. Uh, and apparently nothing they have can help that. Huh? Yeah. It's this weird thing where it's like, it's the future. And yet there's some things that can be solved and some things that can't. And yeah, I feel like most of the technological and medical advancements that have happened in the mass effect universe are mostly about prevention Mm -hmm. and not about cure. So that's what it would seem 
at a surface glance, especially when it comes to Metagel uh, and stabilizing materials like that. And unsurprisingly about Metagel, you know, we're most exposed to that when it comes to medicine in, in the in the series because, you know, we play as an Alliance Marine. So it, it makes sense why we're most exposed to that element of medicine. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I've got a few more questions for you. First, uh, what's up with the in-game usage change from Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3? How does the player auto-heal in later games? So that I was surprised about this, but this is actually explained in the lore. Uh, it has to do with the armor's hard suit computers getting smarter. So they had like a big upgrade in yeah. just the, the computer system. Basically, the onboard uh, computer micro frame computer suites in the armor sets get smarter. And the lore says they eventually start administering small doses of metagel to expedite the healing process. But you can still uh -huh. administer large doses in emergency situations, hence the ability to still use the metagel to revive fallen squad mates and whatnot. Right. Okay. So if that's the case, what about Andromeda? Did they, just, did they just forgot to pack the new ones? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> it kind of seems like that. Yeah, it does feel like that was a gameplay decision first, and then they forgot to flesh out a narrative explanation. Wow, what a surprise that Andromeda would do that. Uh, but as I understand <laughs> it, uh, some armor details in that game list Metagel regulators being present in the armor hard suits. Uh -huh. And I'm fairly sure that we see Metagel dispensers like a couple times, at least a couple times in Andromeda, uh, or maybe it's boxes labeled Metagel. But me the point is Metagel is around and it does exist in Andromeda, but for whatever reason, it's just not as ubiquitous. And that's super hmm. weird to me because CERTA is, is a nonprofit civilian corporation made of scientists, researchers, and doctors. They're not military. Although EMTs and military medics use the products, but you would think that like, even basic EMTs on Earth or human colonies would also be using Metagel for someone that got in a, like a, a floating car crash. You know right, what I mean? Right. So. Everybody uses aspirin. You don't have to be part of the military or not part of the military <laughs> to get aspirin, right? This is the same right. kind of thing, right? Right. So honestly, whatever the explanation there was, it wasn't communicated well enough in Andromeda. I tried to find it. You know, I'm not that familiar with Andromeda. I've played through the game completely, like in its entirety once. I'm on a second playthrough now. So I'm trying to educate myself a little bit more. Uh, but I spent like an hour trying to find an explanation in Andromeda about where the hell Metagel is. <laughs> and it's there. It exists. But... For what I can see, the way that the game plays is like that because they wanted to transition away from Shepard being able to press Y and heal yourself. Mm -hmm. They wanted you to be able to not have not be able to do that. And instead, Ryder has to go and run to these boxes that replace ammo or health or both. And it's just a gameplay mechanic difference. Right. Okay. So, okay. So here's another question. Number two. Humans invented it, but you mentioned it works on the Geth. Does it work on every species? Like any any species, biological? That's where there's some debate. So we know it can be tailored for different species whose biology is pretty different from humans. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, Cerberus accidentally made a metagel that works great for Hanar. Uh, <laughs> and 
of course it was accidental because it's Cerberus. And they also called that a failure. <laughs> right, because they don't care about healing Hanar. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like only I think Shepard even says only only Cerberus would consider this a failure. Uh so it appears and it also appears to work on Quarians, Krogans, Batarians, Turians, Asari. Anyone who can be in Shepard's squad, mm-hmm. it theoretically works for. Right. So we've seen that, right? But Yes. What about what about past them? What about other? But so it does work for Batarians. For some reason, the Alliance didn't think it would work on Batarians, uh, but they were wrong about that. And it does work on Batarians. I was kind of surprised that you know gameplay mechanics aside, that you have Corian and Turian squadmates. Uh, I was surprised that there's no like hiccups there because those two races are Dextro Amino based. But maybe their formula is changed ever so slightly. I- I'm not sure. Maybe they're maybe they're tinkering with their own hard suits and mm-hmm. saying like, okay, I'm gonna have this, but it's just going to inject the meta gel into me when Shepard sends the signal. Right. So I don't right. know. Yeah, it seems it seems very adjustable. And so if yeah. if it's functionally doing the same things, but just in a slightly different chemical orientation it, it could still functionally do it could still repair bones if even if the bones are made out of something that's slightly different it seems like yeah that might be like it, it's not a big stretch although i'm not a scientist or a doctor so i don't know yeah so my little dog keeps on woofing at me he's just sitting over there just going woof every so often so i apologize if you get an occasional woof in the back Whoop, there goes another one hey come here <laughs> a little bit of a buff woof. yeah he makes these little woof like it sounds like he's saying woof. Um, okay. So, so, so it, yeah, maybe the formulas change slightly. It's not entirely clear if it works on Volus or Alcor. And maybe part of the reason there is because we haven't been able to go into battle with Volus or Alcor. We need them on uh, our team. And both of them have vastly different biological makeups than hum- humans do. So, you know, maybe it would work with a little bit of tinkering. I'm not sure, but Moreover, it seems that Metagel will work for any race the writers deem it. <laughs> yeah, so it's it is interesting though that like they have thought it out at least this much, right? That we do get these ex- explanations, even though it's not fully fleshed out like some of the more pressing matters in the lore and the, the history and the the cultures and those kinds of things, like a lot of the stuff we talked about it. But at least there's this much thought that has gone into it. Yeah, right. You know, it's a med pack. That's what it is. It's a, it's a generic unit uh, that's pretty much in any video game with combat. Uh, but this level of world building is what makes the series truly unique. And I almost forgot to mention that they even thought of this. Apparently, if you consume or use too much metagel too quickly, it can leave you with other side effects. Like it can make you dizzy, confused, disoriented. It can even change your mood. Like you can have a mood swing. Yeah, it's like one of those uh, things so. they advertise on TV and they're like, stop taking immediately if you have symptoms of this, 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 this. And then you feel like, oh God, all of that is way terrible yeah. than the thing you were just solving. Yeah. Consult the doctor and stop using our Metagel immediately if you have a calibration that lasts longer than four hours. (laughs) Overly calibrated. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So and I know some of you, you know, may be thinking because we're coming up here on the end of the episode here. But some of you may be thinking, well, you didn't go into gene therapy or you didn't talk about Shepard's upgrades or implants. And that's because I've thought about that and honestly those are probably a better fit for standalone episodes and later discussions and the, the, that'll also probably be a good time to discuss the lazarus project too hmm. yeah 
yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be a fun episode. So, okay. So where are we going to go next time? A couple of things in the works for the coming weeks uh, that I have going on. And I was getting really into this medical medicine kind of sub-series of episodes because I, when I started researching it, I was like, you know what? There's not... There's not physically a lot of lore here, but there is a lot of different topics Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of different questions that we can explore. And so do you remember the music episode when we brought on experts to help dissect that part of the game? Yes. A lot of people say that's their favorite episode. And I, I, I had a freaking migraine. I couldn't even join you guys. I know we missed you. I, I wish you were there to see and hear the uh, rendition of Vigil performed on the bagpipes live. That was yeah, great. I, I, I mean, I got to hear and see everything, but because I edit stuff later, but like I, yeah, it would have been nice to be there. So. Well, Pipe Man was a few, a few uh, scotches in at that point, so <laughs> so it, it didn't take a lot of convincing to get him to play the bagpipes. But I am uh, I'm coordinating with a doctor who I know, uh, who's also a huge mass effect fan. Uh, so it's not, it's not a sure thing. Uh, still need to, you know, nail down some details and see, see if he's down. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Mm -hmm. he can help us understand some of the medical stuff going on in the game. And so, uh, I think, I think that he, I think he'll be down. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, there's also some in-game doctors that we would be remiss without mentioning, uh, namely doctors, Chakwas, Michelle and Tapero. Uh, so we will definitely be covering those characters with their own standalone episodes. Um, and like I said, gene therapy, cybernetics, will also be getting their own episodes. So I mentioned it in, it, it is mentioned inside dialogue and only briefly, but it has a wide impact on the Alliance and all of Mass Effect. So at some point uh, we'll be talking about that. And we'll also be talking about diseases because there are a number of diseases that are fictional in the Mass Effect universe. There's also a number that they have pulled from real life. Uh, and of course, everyone's favorite drugs drugs you know it's just really real quick here at the end of this thinking about where things are going in the future mass effect 4 where the state of the universe is some of the things that we were talking about on the previous episode that we did um and then you add into it gene therapy cybernetics and a world that has now been destroyed like a universe that is in chaos and is reassembling itself with a lot of these organizations like Cerebus who want it, Cerberus, Cerebus, Cerberus, who want to take control of that, you have a really interesting foundation for a very cyberpunk kind of Mass Effect future. And almost maybe maybe some themes like Deus Ex, yeah, uh, which is interesting because of course you know the narrative, the new narrative director on Mass Effect was uh, one of the I think right. lead writers of Deus Ex, Mar- right. Mary DeMarley. Right, like uh, so. traditional Mass Effect, you get it's got kind of this Star Trek kind of future vibe, but it's a little bit darker than Star Trek typically is, right? But you still have that like. You know, there's there's a group of humans who are trying to do the right thing, trying to coordinate things with the aliens, trying to make things work like all of that. This if if four takes a dark turn, we could end up in a much more cyberpunk kind of future for the galaxy. Yeah. 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 And there could I mean, it could be both. Right. It's yeah. a wide galaxy. So yeah. uh, we could get some very gritty cyberpunky feels. We could get some very futuristic uh, sleek feels as well. So I don't know. Yeah. But in, in, in a more meta announcement, 
you know, we're coming up on episode 100 of this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just seven weeks away from that. And uh, honestly, of course, I can't believe it, but I've been thinking about how to make episode 100 a fun thing. And if you've listened this far into the episode, then I have a request of you and you're going to help us make this episode 100 be great. Uh, so I'm putting out a survey and I've already compiled it. I've already made it on Google surveys. I just want to hear from you what your favorite part of the Mass Effect lore cast has been so far. Your favorite moment. Mm-hmm. Should we and share so this in chat can... too right now? Yeah, let's, let's put right. this in chat. If you um, are part of our live show, you get this before anyone else does. Congratulations. Here you go. There's the link. Go check it out. So yeah, um, go check it out. Just tell us what your favorite moment so far has been in the lore cast. And by the way, if you need to like, if you look at it and you're like, oh, I, this was my favorite moment, but I can't remember exactly what time this was or what episode it was. You can come back and edit your answers. So don't worry about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it will help us immensely if you can tell us around what time in what episode that moment was, because for episode 100, we want to do a best of so we want to compile all of your favorite moments and put them together for uh for a tom and sam bonanza i guess tom and sam bonanza <laughs> tom sam bonanza that's that's a weird word um yeah so this will be a lot of fun and we absolutely need your help because we can't comb through all the old episodes and we can't tell ourselves which were the best ones to listen to because it's hard to get outside yourself so if you guys yeah. point out stuff and you're like, oh, I remember, I love this little clip here, this 30 second little clip when you guys talk about this thing, you know, that kind of stuff. Let us know. We'd love to. We'd love to yeah. find out. And it can be funny. It can be serious. It can be, you know, whatever your favorite is for whatever reason. Doesn't have to be a joke. Can also be like, I just really love this lore bit, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. And if it's shorter stuff, you know, just like a minute or two, we can edit it in. If it's a longer thing, then maybe give us an explanation of like, just to summarize what happened and why you liked it so much. And we can read that out on the episode. Um, obviously, we can't do like a five hour episode with 20 and 30 minute clips of stuff. Right. That would that would be ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, let us know. Let us know what you guys think. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So I think that does it for this episode, Sam. You got other stuff yeah. going on. I know you're you're you've been traveling this weekend. Yeah, I, t- I took the train uh, and, you know, big shout out to Amtrak, I guess, because it was actually cheaper for me to ride the train than it was to buy the gas <laughs> to where I was going. Nice. nice. Uh, and it only took like slightly longer with the train. So and, and I you don't kick have back to and drive. Right. And Which I don't have to great. drive and I can just kick back and relax, not have to potentially crash my car driving through snowy, icy conditions. So right. there's that. That sounds awesome. Um, so, so yeah, um, that's, uh, that's nice. But that being said, I will be back home next week. Um, and I will be back to streaming. I'm streaming on Thursdays and Saturdays now streaming another serious, a serious Andromeda playthrough on Thursdays, but on Saturdays I'm streaming neutral shepherd. It's apathetic shepherd Saturdays. Yeah. He's saving the galaxy, but only because he like has to, <laughs> Because if I don't, I'll lose my job. Exactly. In reality, he just wants to get back home and like (laughs) 
play cod or something that's, I don't, that's awesome he, he doesn't really care about much of this and he just he's just doing things because he has to and i've committed to only choosing the neutral things in dialogue mm-hmm. uh which has already led me into some problems it's going to be hilarious to watch um how bad this ends up because my prediction is this is going to have a worse outcome than pure renegade yeah probably probably yeah in the so, middle gets you like nothing um yeah, I've I've actually been playing Mass Effect three again, but I, I'm playing it on my, uh, my Xbox in the living room, so I haven't been streaming. Oh, yet. nice! I also have been busy with other stuff, so I haven't done a whole lot of streaming lately. So I apologize if you so, come by the, looking for the streams and they're not happening. Um, other stuff happens, and I, I got to you know streams end up taking a, a side thing because it's, it's not my main thing. It's just kind of a fun way to hang out with everyone. So I apologize for not doing that, but. Um, if you want to check out all the different shows, all the different lore casts I do, if you're into any of that stuff, robotsradio.net is the place to do that. Or come join us live on future episodes, which are now at on Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash robotsradio. All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out. I hope you've enjoyed this episode about Metagel, and we look forward to seeing you again in the future. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.